welcome to the podcast. My name is Tasha Gandhi-Mahaja and I'm your host and I'm also a breast cancer surgeon. In this podcast, we talk to experts in the field of medicine, surgery and also those in the health and wellness space. In today's episode, I talk to Dawn McDonald. Now, Dawn is a consultant mammographer and she started her career as a radiographer and decided to specialize in the area of breast imaging. It was an absolutely fascinating conversation. And if you have ever wondered what happens when you go to have a mammogram, for example, what it involves, whether it's uncomfortable, then this is definitely a conversation you want to listen to because Dawn explains everything related to things that you might need to have if you come to a breast clinic or if you have a breast screening mammogram. And I would also advise you to listen right to the end because Dawn has given us some really useful website addresses that you can visit if you want to learn more about all things related to breast imaging. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dawn McDonald. Hi Dawn, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. And thank you very much for inviting me onto the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I've been thinking about asking you to come on for a while now. Um, so you and I have actually worked together on and off for a number of years now, haven't we? We have. We worked in Essex and we've worked in London together. So we've known each other for quite a while. That's right. And um, I thought who would be best for me to ask to come onto the podcast to talk about all things related to imaging in breast. And I thought of you. So um, you work as a consultant radiographer. Um, for those who don't know what that is, do you mind just explaining to us what that actually means? Yes, certainly. So let's start off at the basics. So a radiographer is a person that you'll see in all of the hospitals who works in A in A and D and takes the X-rays. So you could have a broken leg and you'll go to the radiography department and you'll have an X-ray. From there, we kind of are we go into we, we kind of specialize in different areas. So people who do CT, who do MRI, who do nuclear medicine, they're all radiographers. And it just so happens that I have decided to specialize in breast radiology. So I do everything to do with, with the breast. I'm a radiographer, I'm actually a consultant mammographer. Um, I am accredited as this. So right. Do things like I report on mammograms, I do breast biopsies, I um, do clinical breast examinations, I report on films. So that is what my main job is. You are a consultant mammographer, and I guess the difference is between that and a radiologist is that a radiologist would have had to go to medical school. So they would have gone through medical school training and then into radiology training, and then they would choose their different specialties depending on their preference. So they can go into musculoskeletal, for example, GI or neuro. Whereas I guess youth went through your training through the radiographer route. Would that be correct? That's quite correct. So yes, um, I'm not a doctor and so I haven't been to medical school. But similarly, I've been through uh, my own um, radiography school where I did my um, training and then I specialised in radiography, breast mammography, some people specialise in CT or MR or ultrasonography. Um, so it's similar to the radiologist specialising, for example, in radiology or paediatrics. So it's two different path- pathways, it's just that I'm not a doctor. 
Okay. So you've niched really quite specifically down into the breast area, really. Yes. You know, as we know, one of the important ways of diagnosing a breast condition is by having some sort of imaging. So that could either be a mammogram or an ultrasound scan, or sometimes we have to do an MRI scan. Can you tell us exactly what a mammogram is? Because obviously we hear about mammograms a lot and many, many women would have had a mammogram. But, you know, can you just explain to us what that is? Yeah. So very, very basically, a mammogram is just an X-ray picture of the breast so, and we do that so we can see the internal structure of the breast to see um, if there's anything brewing in the breast or and we can look down at the breast tissues. So very, very basically, it's just a snapshot picture of the internal side of the breast. And um, if, say, somebody were to have a mammogram, they, you know, they, they would go into a room with a, the, the mammogram machines are actually quite large, aren't they? And they do look a little bit intimidating. Um, what actually happens when you have a mammogram? Right. So the lady will be greeted by um, a very, very able radiographer who is, they are excellent in their job. Right. And one, one of the first things that they're very good at is putting the patient or the client at their ear and they will talk to the client what they're going to do. So basically it will, and it means the lady has to strip down just to the waist. So everything from the top comes off and then she'll be placed into the machine and the radiographer, the mammographer will bring the plate down onto the breast, checking all the time that the lady is very comfortable and they will be talking to her all of the time so they know what to expect. So the plate comes down quite tightly and the radiographer then, people see the radiographer running around the screen, but that right. is to take, take the image because all the, the functioning um the functions of the machine are behind the screen. They take the image, and then as soon as the image is taken, the plate is released. So the compression only lasts a matter of seconds on the lady. A little bit uncomfortable, but it's very, very quick. All right, okay. And you have to take um, two different views, is that right? That's right. So you take, so on each breast, you will take two pictures. One is called, it's a CC where you take, if you can imagine the lady standing in front, just standing upright and the plate comes down from top to bottom. And that is called a CC view. And then the other one, which you probably see quite regularly on the TV, is when the lady leans into the machine and the, the machine is angled at about 45 degrees. And that takes a, um, a, um, a sideways image of the um, breast. So right. between those two views, the CC and the oblique, you should be able to see the whole picture of the breast. So that gives us a two-dimensional view of the breast, doesn't it? It does. But by doing the two views, we're trying to replicate a three-dimensional view of the breast by doing two two-dimensional imaging. So then that will generate kind of uh, an x-ray or you know, a mammogram picture of the breast um, and then you'll be able to read that um, you know on your really fancy screen normally there are lots of things that you can look at and decipher from a mammogram so when you look at a mammogram what what are the things that you look out for Okay, so when we do the mammogram, we'll look at both mammograms at the same time, both breasts at the same time, the right and the left breast. And one of the things that we're kind of looking at immediately is symmetry. So both breasts should kind of look the same. Now, sometimes if there's an obvious pathology there, you will see that. You will immediately see, well, that breast looks completely different from the other side and your, your eye will be drawn to that. 
So we're looking at symmetry and then we're looking at things in the breast. You might see a round circle in the breast, which is um, a lesion in the breast. You might see something in the breast, which is called calcifications. It looks like specks of salt in the breast. And these are chalks. So you're looking like things like that. You might also see that the breast might be pulled in as well. So you're looking for a kind of distortion in the breast. Right. It sounds very um, easy, but it takes a lot of um, your eye. It takes a long time to get used to this kind of looking in the breast. You, it's basically you're looking at picture recognition of the breast to find out what doesn't look quite right. So, yeah, calcifications, a mass in the breast, um, things like that distortion. Right. So, um, yes, I forgot to say that when you have a mammogram, both of your breasts are actually done, aren't they? It's not just the left or the right. So you get both of your breasts mammogrammed um, and then you compare your left to your right. And then, you know, as you said, you compare the two pictures side by side, both the CC view and the oblique view, and then you can compare and contrast. That's right. That's right. And it's easy to do it that way because as we are aging, the breasts should kind of change at the same time so as we're getting older the density of the breast the tissues of the breast should change roughly about the same time so it's easier then if you have the both breasts to compare right okay you know some women say oh i've got dense breasts um what does that mean in terms of what you can see on on the mammogram yeah, so this is the, the difficult and um, the difficult one. So dense breast, the younger you are, the denser your breasts are. So in terms of mammography, um the breast tissue when you look at the mammogram, if just I'll just say that it looks white on the mammogram. So if you've just got like a, a sky or a picture of just whiteness, it's very difficult to distinguish the actual workings of the breast. So Mammogram is very, very difficult for ladies who have dense breasts. And this is why we don't do mammograms on the younger ladies. So the younger you are, the more difficult it is to decipher through the breast. So under the age of 40, we won't use mammogram. Right. Unless there's a a real clinical need to do that. Right. Okay. So usually, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if uh, if somebody's breast is quite dense, um, the mammogram looks you know, slightly more white, doesn't it? Whereas if somebody has um, a less dense breast um, and the fatty component is more predominant, then it's it's kind of more dark. That's completely correct. And it's easier to visualize through the breast, the darker that it is, as opposed to the whiter that it is. Right. Okay. So that is one of the reasons why we don't do mammograms in women under the age of 40. And I think that's kind of an important explanation because many would say, oh, you know, I was told by somebody that I need to have a mammogram and, and you know, you're 28 or something like that. And the reason why we don't do mammograms in younger women is because of this denseness of the breast. That's quite correct. So when somebody has a mammogram, you know, and you find an abnormality, for example, then what happens normally? Yeah. So one of the things I like about my job in terms of finding an abnormality is that I work as part of a team. So quite often the surgeon, somebody like yourself, will have done a breast examination and um, will have said, yes, there's um, a, I can feel something in your upper outer quadrant of the breast. So then when I look at the mammogram, you know, I'm automatically, not automatically, but I will be looking at where the likely um, area of concern is going to be. I'll do the mammogram 
report the mammogram. If I then see something that I think needs further investigation, I will may ask for further specialised views with the mammographer. So the lady might be taken away and further films are taken. Or I might decide that I just need to do an ultrasound of the area that I can see. As you rightly said, you know, normally, because we normally work in the symptomatic clinic where somebody would come into the clinic and, you know, they might come with, say, a breast abnormality, like a lump, for example. People in the UK, when they come to the one, the clinic, it's, you know, it's called a rapid assessment clinic or a one-stop breast clinic, where if it was our clinic, you know, I would have examined the patient and I find a lump, for example, then you would have already had done the mammogram. You would have looked at the mammogram and you might say, okay, yes, you know, I can see what you can feel. Then you would do an ultrasound scan specifically looking at the area of concern. What is the difference between an ultrasound scan and a mammogram? So the main difference is that a mammogram mammogram uses x-rays to find any pathology in the breast. An ultrasound does not use x-rays. An ultrasound uses sound waves to hone in on the area that's been shown on the mammogram. And one of the strongest things about an ultrasound is that it is very useful in distinguishing between lesions which are cystic and lesions which are solid. Now, on a mammogram, you might see a lesion on the mammogram or you might see an area on the mammogram and you think that needs investigation. But I can't tell from the mammogram whether it's solid or cystic. By using the ultrasound, by using the ultrasound, I will immediately be able to tell if it is solid or cystic. And that is one of the strengths of the ultrasound. It's very, very good for um, differentiation. Right. Okay. So you can see something on your on the mammogram. It looks not quite right. Um, It could be solid or cystic. So you do the ultrasound scan and an ultrasound scan is, I guess, something that if you, you know, if if you've been pregnant, it's the, it's the exact same machine that you would have had used to examine your, your pregnancy. That's right, isn't it? That is right. It's just the frequencies are different. Okay. So now you you found a, something in the mammogram, on the mammogram. You you've scanned it on an ultrasound scan, and you might say, okay, this is actually a benign thing. So a cyst, for example, which are non cancerous, you know, very common um, conditions in the breast. What happens then if you find it is not a cyst and needs a biopsy? Okay, so if it's a cyst, that's great. Most women, that is what we see mainly, is a cyst, and we can reassure the lady or drain it. If it's not a cyst and it does need a biopsy, well, we can do that under the ultrasound in the room at the time. And it's not a a very, um, very dangerous. It's not dangerous at all or it's not very traumatic. But basically what I would do then is put some local anaesthetic into the breast of the area and I would just take a tiny, tiny sample of that lesion and then that goes off to pathology to get tested under the microscope by our very clever pathologists and they will then give us the diagnosis of what that is. So that would be good if you can see what you can see on the mammogram on the ultrasound scan. Now what happens if you saw something on the mammogram and you scan that part of the breast and you can't see that thing on the ultrasound scan which can happen sometimes can't it? It can happen and it does happen you know, quite fairly significant amount of time. In this case, we can do something called an x-ray guided biopsy. And the type of presentation that this usually is, is something called calcifications. Now, calcifications are 
basically it's chalk in the breast and we see this quite a lot. And unless the calcification is obviously benign, it is almost impossible to distinguish whether it is benign or malignant, which means that if we see calcifications, we are very, very likely to do an x-ray guided biopsy of the calcifications. So you have to do it under x-ray guidance because you can't see it on ultrasound scan? Sometimes you can see it under ultrasound. If there is a lot of calcifications, you can sometimes see it, but most of the time you can't because the calcifications, a lot of the time, there'll only be a very, very tiny um, um, amount of calcifications. It might just be an area of about four or five millimetres and right. you can't really see that. So then it's just easier and safer to do it under the X-ray and you're more likely to get it first time under the X-ray as opposed to the ultrasound anyway. How can you tell what kind of a benign microcalcification looks like compared to a malignant or slightly more suspicious microcalcification on the mammogram? What what are the different characteristics? Yeah, so um, benign calcifications is usually um, larger, larger in size called macrocalcifications. And sometimes you see something called popcorn calcification. So if you can imagine what popcorn looks like, big um, popcorn, we see that and that is usually a benign sign. Right. Now, malignant calcifications, usually it just doesn't look nice. It's all different shapes, all different sizes, um, all different densities. Sometimes it's pointy. It just looks very, very malignant. And when you look at it, you will say, yeah, that just doesn't look nice. I mean, that is obviously a sign of malignancy. However, as I said, quite often it's very, very difficult to distinguish between benign and malignancy and this is one of the reasons why we end up doing lots of um, biopsies on calcifications which then results in looking um, giving us a benign result because you you see something you think that is definitely going to be malignant we do a biopsy and it turns out to be benign and vice versa as well so calcifications is probably the bane of the radiology (laughs) (laughs) the radiology world really it is is it? Um, yeah. There have been times when we're kind of always, well, not you, I guess, you, you, rather than we, because I don't do it, you do it. But um, you, you kind of always have to chase the microcalcification because yeah. sometimes you sample it and there's no calcium in the specimen. So you have to chase it again. So, yeah, it, it, I guess because it, it's such a, a small area. And if you think it's a small area in, in you know, in a sea of breast tissue, it must sometimes be quite hard. Yes, it is. And um, especially for ladies who are quite generously, um, you know, quite generous breast size, it's very, very, very difficult. And sometimes it can be like looking for a needle in a haystack, you know, because the calcifications, it can be so, so tiny. But we we want to find it because we just know that the the earlier that we can find these calcifications, the better the outcome for the ladies. So we will chase and chase and chase until we are happy that we have a proper and definitive result. So what is what is calcification? I mean, why, why do we get calcification in the breast? Chalk. It's all, what calcification in the breast, basically, it's just chalk in the breast. And I know you get chalk all over the, all over the body, but it's essentially just chalk in the breast. Right. Okay. And it's, it's nothing to do with, you know, people 
kind of having more calcium or drinking? No, yeah. it isn't. It's, just, it's not that. And it's funny you say that because um, sometimes we'll say, you know, we, we can see these calcifications, we can see that it's chalk, and they'll say, oh, is that because I've been drinking lots of milk? And we'll yeah. say, no, it's nothing at all to do with that. It's yeah. just the way the body is. Right, okay. You know, sometimes we, the other way around happens. So sometimes we can feel something in the breast, we can see it on ultrasound scan, but we can't see it on mammogram. That, you know, and, you know, we can see kind of worrying signs clinically, worrying signs on ultrasound scan, but when they had the mammogram, there was nothing to be seen on, on, on that. Um, can you just explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so mammograms is not 100%, and we do have um, some cancers which are occult, basically. So basically, these are breast disease, breast cancer, which are not at all visible on the mammogram. They are occult cancers. However, you go onto the ultrasound and you can clearly see it. And these are always a surprise because the lady will have come in and she says, I can feel something on the outer half of the breast. She has a mammogram. We can't see anything. And then we put the probe on to do the ultrasound. And there is something, what she can feel, what we can all feel, but we cannot see it at all in a mammogram. And they are a surprise to those, to see those type of pathology. Yeah, and you know we've we've had a few of those, haven't we? We have, we have. We've even had some um, cancers that have come through. You can't see it on a mammogram. You can't see it on the ultrasound. We can feel it, and then the yes. next step then is um, MRI, and then you can see it on, then on the MRI. But again, they are very, very few and far between. Yes, that's right. So if you have, um, as as you said, a an occult um, cancer on a on a mammogram, then the next thing. Um, would be to have an, an MRI scan. So an MRI scan, you know, um, is a completely different modality and, and it's used to to look at lesions that are mammographically occult. That's right. That's completely correct. So if we move to a different area, which is screening, because we, you and I work in the symptomatic um, clinic, but you are also involved in the screening program. And, you know, in the UK, we have a breast screening program that is, you know, nationwide and women are invited to have a mammogram every three years. Can you tell us a little bit about the screening program? Yeah, I can do that. So screening is, the the aim of screening is to detect cancers, very small cancers in a population of women who have no symptoms. And generally, screening starts round about the age of 50-ish, um, some part of the country, round about 47. And what happens there is that ladies will be invited round about the 50th birthday every three years to have a mammogram. And from these mammograms, we will pick up very, very small cancers, which is what the aim of screening is all about. So the lady will have this screening if she is um, diagnosed with a cancer through um, the film reading, she will then come back to the unit for further assessment. When, you know, when somebody has had a screening mammogram, they're normally notified, you know, if, if, it's, if it's all fine, then they will get a letter to say it's all fine. If we have found something abnormal in the mammogram, then they get what's called a, a recall. So then they will come to, to the, our hospital or, you know, other different kind of units around the country to get um, an, an assessment. 
Um, so if somebody, you know, for somebody who has been recalled from their screening, what can they expect to happen when they get recalled? Okay. So the first thing I would say is they are not to worry. Do not panic about this at all. Because most women who come back for screening, everything, it's just been, it's benign. By the time we've done the assessments, it's benign and we don't find anything. However, what happens when they come back to the um, to the unit is that we look at the films and we will show the lady what we can see and the reason why we've called her back. There might be something on the mammogram, the left breast. She will then have further imaging by our mammographers. And quite often, this further imaging will be enough for us to say, yep, there's nothing on the mammogram. It was just an artifact at this stage. So we don't need to go any further. However, if it's not an artifact and it really is something that needs to be dealt with, she will have a clinical breast examination by myself or my other radiology colleagues. And she may or she may not have a biopsy of what we can see. So that's what happens there. So breast examination following an ex- with an explanation and a biopsy, which may be done by ultrasound or it may be done by x-ray. Um, so further views is so basically if somebody comes um, to the unit for because they have been recalled, normally what happens is there is something not quite normal on the mammogram. And as you as you said, it could be what's called an artifact. So these further views would be where the breast is compressed in different ways. And if that abnormality goes away, that means that that abnormality is nothing to worry about. Whereas if it doesn't go away, that means that abnormality is probably real, which would then require a biopsy. Is that what happens? That's quite correct. That is 100% correct. So if it disappears, it likely, it might have been a movement and the lady may have moved when she had her initial mammogram on the van. So the further views will um, let us know that that is what it is. But if it doesn't go away, it, it probably is real. I have to say as well that we are looking at very, very small things as well because um, usually, because of the screening program, the lady will be getting recalled for something that she will not feel and we probably won't feel it either because we'll have picked up something sometimes years before she will even be aware of, you know, if there's anything wrong with the breast. And this is the beauty about the screening program. We pick up these very, very small things very, very early if they are real. Right, okay. And then obviously if... Um, if it doesn't go away, so if this abnormality is real, then it would be biopsied. If they can't see it, if you can't see it on an ultrasound scan um, to biopsy, because obviously I'm assuming that's a preferable way of doing a biopsy, then they'll have um, a stereo core biopsy or a biopsy that's done under mammographic guidance. Yes, that's quite correct. Mainly it's done under ultrasound, but um, sometimes you do have to do it under x-ray. Again, if it's calcifications, as I spoke about before, it will be done under x-ray. Right. As, as you said before, the the screening program is between the ages of 50 normally and seven and 70. It's been extended, uh, had been extended to start at the age of 47, depending on where you live. And anybody beyond um, 70 well, actually, it was extended to 73, I believe. Beyond that age, if you want to continue to have a screening mammogram, then you have to self-refer. That's right. You know, and I would always encourage anybody over the age of 70 or 73 always to, to continue having screening 
Because the thing is, the thing about cancer is that it's an aging disease. So the older you are, the more likely you are to develop a small cancer in the breast. So I would strongly recommend that even when the screening age stops, to please continue to come in to see us. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely right. Obviously, you know, we are in the midst of a pandemic, but of course, you know, hopefully the the end is upon us with the with the vaccine just um, around the corner. How well, obviously, you know, the breast services have been impacted, and not only the symptomatic service, but also the screening service. And the screening service was postponed um, and I guess suspended for a number of months. Yes, it was suspended for a number of months. And um, I think some hospitals still haven't started yet, I think. Um, but we we have started again now and we are slowly, slowly trying to pick up all the numbers that we have left behind. More difficult nowadays because um, because of all of the cleaning that we have to do and the COVID restrictions, it means patients are coming or women, clients are coming through to see us less, less frequently. Um, maybe on the vans before on the screening mammograms they would do about 50 patients a day that may be down to about 20 because of the time intervals we have to leave in between patients but yes it has started to um we have started to screen ladies again albeit slowly for those women who are due a screening mammogram they'll they'll probably get it but it will be some months down the line rather than um, rather than you know it'd be it'd be later rather than sooner I, yes, that's right. It will be that. Yeah. And I guess that puts the um, the importance really on being breast aware and making sure that everybody examine their breast regularly. Yeah, that's right. So it's even more important now. Um, if you do have any issues at all with the breast, to please just come and see us or your local breast screening unit. Very, very important that you do this because if you are relying on a, a screening to come through, it might be a long, long time before that does come through, um, whereas we can help you more readily in the symptomatic services. So, yes, I would encourage anybody who has any issues or any concerns to come and see us. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, many women who I have seen would say, you know, I just don't really want to have a mammogram or I'm slightly afraid to have it or I'm rather anxious about having it because um, I hear it's quite painful and it's uncomfortable. Would you be able to appease and allay people's fears about this? Yeah, I, I, it's not. I think people have got this idea in their heads that mammograms are really, really um, painful. And it's not, I would say, maybe a little bit uncomfortable. The majority of women don't even feel anything at all. The breast gets squashed um, tightly, but it's for a matter of seconds, you know, five seconds maximum. So it's not as painful as what you think it is. And um, a lot of people will say, I never, I didn't even feel anything anyway, you know. Yeah. So I would just say um, you have to, you come and judge for yourself, but it's not as bad as what you think it is. And the mammographers are very, very skillful. They're very, very good at their jobs and they will do what they can to make it as comfortable for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, everybody, they're very, very sympathetic because, you know, they know that women can be quite anxious about having a mammogram, especially if you have never had one before. Um, but definitely it's not, it's not painful. It may be a little bit uncomfortable. The majority of the time women tolerate it very, very well. And, you know, 
they come out quite surprised to say, oh, actually, that wasn't that bad at all. That's right. I find that all the time, you know, they are surprised themselves that it wasn't <laughs> as comfortable as what they thought it was going to be. So, yeah, that's yeah. quite nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I guess the thought of having your breast squashed is not, you know, it's not something that, um, you know, makes you jump with joy, but um, it's actually not that bad at all, is it? It's not that bad. And people are wondering why the breasts are being squashed. And the reason why we squash the breast is that we want the breast to be as thin as possible because the thinner the breast is, the clearer the picture we get of the breast. So we can see a lot more clearly through the breast. And that's why that's why we squash the breast as much as we, you can tolerate it. I just remembered, um, so, you know, a, a common question that I get asked also is, with implants, you know, many women have implants and um, they feel that, you know, I have implants, it's going to be really uncomfortable and I can't have mammograms. That's not true, is it? That isn't true at all. And um, again, um, our, the mammographers are very skillful in dealing with ladies with um, implants. I have been doing this job for hundreds of years and I've never known there to be any implant implant injury at all or any 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 harm come to the implant so yes i would please even if you have implants please come for your mammogram don't let that put you off the girls yeah. are very very good they're, they're really good yeah no definitely well um adon thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and explaining to us very very well all the differences and what we look out for and what you need to to do when you do your mammograms and your ultrasound scans and all your screening work and um, looking for needles in haystacks in, in, in breasts. I mean, honestly, you know, when I see you read mammograms, I think, what? How, you know, that doesn't look like an abnormality at all. That looks quite normal to me. But you say, no, no, no. You know, I'm a little bit worried about this a yeah. tiny area in the breast. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I think really amazing to to watch what you read, you know, what you do and how you read these these mammograms because it's an absolute skill. It is a lot of skill and um, it's a lot of responsibility as well. I do. I will say that because you, you want to make sure that you're doing it right for everybody and you're doing the best that you can. So the responsibility is very, very high and the experience is there as well. But can I just say as well, um, people go onto the Internet because they have breast symptoms and um, they Google the symptoms, you know, and um, they come to see us because they've seen this website um, that says they have this and they have the other but there are recommended websites that I would give to people um, which I would refer you to to get the proper answers if you would like to know what they are oh yes please that would be yeah, excellent yeah so one of them is um, www.isbreastscreening.gov that's for everything you want to know about the breast screening services I would recommend that you go to the www.nhs.uk site very good as well and also um, www.cancer.gov all of those sites are very good and it will give you the truth and what you really need to do the proper uh, the proper indications and what you should or not be worried about as opposed to going to a website that has been put up by I don't know Joe Blogs down the lane or something so yeah they will give you the truthful the truthful information great well um, I'll definitely um, leave those links in the show notes and um, so people can check them out if they want to. And that's definitely really useful because there's a lot of noise out there and to have those signposted is amazing. Finally, do you have any advice for, for women before we go? Yeah, I would just say um, 
please, and and I've said it before, if you do have any breast cancer concerns, please come and see us. The majority of the things that we see, we can dismiss it. Maybe nine out of ten, there'll be not there won't be anything seriously wrong with you at all. And we can make your worry less. We can do the worrying for you, do all of the tests, and you will be fine. We can then discharge you. For the small minority of women who do have a problem, we'd rather see you sooner rather than later, because if there is a problem, it's not going to go away until we sort it out. So please just come and see us. We'll either reassure you and discharge you, or we can start anything that needs to be done very, very soon. Well, thank you so much. That's fantastic advice. And thank you so much once again, Dawn, for your expertise. (laughs) And um, see see you soon. And thank you for inviting me. It's been an honour and a privilege, Tash. Thank you very much. Thank you, Don. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. What a great conversation. Thank you so much, Dawn, once again for your expertise. And I will link all those website addresses that Dawn mentioned in the show notes at www.mybreastmyhealth.com forward slash episode 23. And there you can find the show notes and also those important web addresses. We are fast approaching the end of 2020 and what a year it has been. If you haven't done so yet, do hit that subscribe button. And by doing so, all the new episodes that will be coming out in the future will be automatically downloaded to wherever you listen to your podcast. If you have a few minutes to spare, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And by doing so, Hopefully it will make the show more discoverable to more people who may also then benefit from it. Thank you very much for listening and may I take this opportunity to wish you a very happy festive season and I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye.